Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vestpod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. My guest today started an online investment service at age 25 with a simple mission, to make investing accessible to everyone. Michel Piersberg is co-founder and chief strategy officer at Wealthify, and in this episode, we talk about how to make investing more affordable and easy to understand even for those that aren't stock market experts. We talk about how to overcome investing barriers, ignore the noise, how to reframe risk, and ways in which we can make investing more popular. Michelle explains the reasons behind recent market volatility, talks about what meme stocks are, and discusses what the future of fintech holds. Please remember, stock markets can fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. If you don't feel confident about making your own financial decisions, please seek independent financial advice. Want to give your money an opportunity to grow this year? Wealthify makes investing simple by choosing and managing your investments for you. And if you open a Wealthify plan and invest at least £50 by 30th of June 2023, they'll give you an extra £50. Terms and conditions apply. New customers only. The offer is capped at the first 500 customers. Find out more and claim the offer at wealthify.com slash the wallet. With investing, your capital is at risk and you could get back less than you put in. Wealthify is regulated and authorized by the Financial Conduct Authority. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. There's still a myth that you need to be rich to start investing. So how do we get the message across that, that it actually is unnecessarily true? I think first it needs to be true, which it is true nowadays. So platforms like Wealthify, you can get started with just one pound. And there are others out there that also have very low investment amounts. I don't think that actually used to be the case if you wind the clock back sort of 10 years. And I think that's why this myth um, it is still around because it probably did used to be like that more. And I think from there, after having the services, it's really just about education, just speaking and explain to people that, you you know, you don't need to have a lot of money to start investing. And actually, another interesting point is, is a lot of people actually are already investors without even realising it, because if you've got a pension, which a lot of people do have, that's typically invested in, in, in global markets anyway. Um, so, so many people listening who aren't, who don't think they're investors might actually already be one. Can you take me back like in 2015, maybe when you when you launched uh, Wealthify? Because it's, it's quite a big step from, you know, working in financial services uh, to actually launching your, your startup. I've been there. <laughs> so, yeah. so I know it's, uh, you know, there's a few hurdles and, and challenges. Yeah, it was a huge leap of faith and probably quite a lot of naivety at the time as well. Um, I, I think just, that helps. <laughs> I think I think you need I think you do need to be kind of naive because if you if you could fully see sort of all the complexities and problems and challenges laid ahead, I'm not I'm not so sure that many people would do it. <laughs> um, but you know, I um I didn't have experience starting a business before. It was it's Wealthwise the first business I've ever started. So I teamed up with two other people who co-founded the business who had more experience than me in terms of setting setting things up. So that that really helped me like know how to get started, I suppose. And then, I mean, it was a it was a super exciting journey. I had a really really strong vision at the start of 
Wealthify, which kind of has grounded me throughout my time at the company and, and, and enabled me to, I guess, go on and battle through all those hurdles as they come as they came, because I really had this just this burning feeling that that what the industry was doing was so wrong and that it was so easy. It was such a low bar to beat that kind of any, anything would be better than what a lot of the existing services were doing. So I think that really gave me a lot of confidence to be able to to grow and develop the proposition to, to what it is today. <laughs> and uh, and looking at, at Wealthify today, so, you know, an online um, investing platform, if we go in, into the dragon, a robo advisor, um, and maybe you can explain these, these terms for you. That's something we often talk about with the Vespot community, because for me, that's a very easy way uh, to get started investing before you go or, or, or actually forever. But, you know, some people then want to go into like the more DIY investing and picking, um, you know, their, their, their own investments. Can you please explain how how this works and what is your approach to um, to investing? Yeah, sure. So Wealthify is very much the opposite to DIY investing. It's about come to us, you tell us how much you want to invest, which can be as, as little or as much as you want, and we'll invest that into this into the markets for you. So we'll make all those difficult decisions about when to buy things, when to sell things, how long to hold them for, and make sure that we're kind of getting you a very low price as well so keeping the fees really 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 streamlined and low and we don't give financial advice to tell you like how much risk to take or how much money to put in but it but it is very much about that piece of actually managing the money which is I, I think kind of quite often the most difficult and complex part because even if someone knows today what they want to invest in that's not necessarily the right decision in a month's time or a year's time or five years time So we take that pressure and that decision away from people. The way we manage money is, is, is we invest it into a series of funds. So funds are pools of investments and we choose very low cost investment vehicles where possible. And we kind of combine them and manage them to make sure that you're invested in the right countries and in the right sectors to, to give you the best chance of getting great returns. And and that's what we call like ready-made um, portfolios. Um, ca can you tell me yes. how, um, as like a retail investor, you don't have to actually like manage these investments because you know your uh, like Wealthify, your your investment platform will will do it for you, and you will be taking 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 care of of changing the asset allocation, for example. Yeah, exactly. So if we see events in. A country like if we think, for example, well, the US market is really undervalued and we want to invest in there, then we'd increase the weighting that we've got to the US and decrease it elsewhere. Again, if we saw, you know, political events going on in one country and we felt kind of concerned about it, then we might take money out of there. So we'll, we'll do all that kind of moving the money around for customers um, because it's really difficult, to be honest, to, to, to keep track of it. We've got a team of investment experts who do it, you know, all day, every day. And It, it, it's near impossible, I think, as, as an individual to kind of have that mental capacity if, you've, if, you, if you don't work in the sector to kind of be able to digest that amount of information and make the best investing decisions. And what are some of the ways in which we can then eliminate inv investment barrier? Do you think that's a little bit on the onboarding process and maybe you can also explain the, the onboarding at, at Wealthify? The first way to solve the, the barriers point is like to have services which which break down the barriers in, in the first place. Um, so things like having fees that work for everybody, even if you've got small investment amounts, letting people get started with small amounts, 
and actually like removing the jargon which is a huge barrier in itself so kind of explaining things very clearly and simply to people in language that that's accessible to them I think those are all barriers which the service itself needs to do and then on top of that there's the other barrier that we find people often have in their minds that stop them from investing is this idea of risk and being worried about taking on too much risk and I guess the challenge with that one is with investing there is always risk you're never going to be able to totally eliminate it that's just the nature and that's how you make your return so that's very much a piece about education to me and it's something that I think as a society we don't do very well in how we talk and how we speak to people about risk and educating them and and kind of accepting that you know things will go down they will go up that's kind of part and parcel of investing so I think that's how we start breaking down these barriers in terms of the customer journey which you asked about that's that's pretty straightforward at Wealthify so you go through yourself you say how much money you want to invest you give us a sense of how much risk you want to take we will do as part of our kind of due diligence as a, as a regulated firm we do a quick suitability check it's called where we just make sure that those decisions you've made are sensible for you and then assuming that they are we'll then go through a online account opening process which should take a couple of minutes for most people um, and then you're ready to be an investor. You talked about risk which I think is, is super interesting because risk can be really like a scary word I think um, because until you actually experience this like investment risk it, it's really difficult to evaluate like when you start investing and people ask you how much risk you want to take you're like no I just want to preserve my, my, my money but you, you actually need to understand that you need to take risk so I tend to see risk more um, more as an as an opportunity what's what's your how do you how do you view uh, risk i agree with exactly the word you've just used opportunity that's what it is and um, you know like anything in life you take risks and sometimes good things happen sometimes they don't but you know, with <laughs> investing the stats are that if you, if you take on that risk over the long term you're going to do better than you would do sitting in cash and i think the other thing people don't often talk about enough is that there's risk sitting in cash as well so because of inflation the 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 cost of living sort of rising over time which we're obviously hearing a, a a lot about in the media at the moment if inflation runs at five percent say and your money's not earning five percent <laughs> or more at the moment yeah um if your money's not earning that return in the bank then you're effectively losing money because you can't buy last year what you can buy this year so you are accepting risk without even thinking about it by leaving your money stuck doing nothing which is why I always encourage people to really think about adding to the adding to their investments or starting investing if they haven't already and uh, because I, I work a lot with uh, with women um, I, I keep reading <laughs> uh, that that women are, are risk adverse uh, that they don't like to take risk and for me what I've what I've observed over, over the years is that women really are, are risk aware but something that we see is uh, there's still like a massive gender investment gap. So what do you think can be done um, to, to bridge the gap? I think some of it is in like, I hate to generalize with this whole woman and uh, male thing, but I, I think it's, I think, you know, women are typically, as you say, more risk averse and we like to have the confidence before we leap into things a lot. And I think the industry, as it stands often, alienates women in that regard because it's very much focused on that dialogue around risk and the amount of jargon that's used as well makes it very inaccessible 
And I think if you're really trying to get a good understanding of it before you do it, it can be quite off-putting. Um, I also think there's something around the products and definitely like our research and experience at Wealthify has shown that women prefer, for example, ethical products compared to men. Uh, that's just what they're looking for. They're looking to make their money do good whilst they invest more so than, than men. So having those types of products available definitely helps uh, with, the, with the gender balance. And also, I think, again, coming back to this language thing, which I've mentioned a few times um, to this interview, but I think it's 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 shifting the conversation away from risk and putting it into more real terms, which maybe women, some, some women sort of identify more with. I think it's it's very much something that needs to be done. I, like I think as well as a kind of society as a whole, like the the messaging that women get is much more around kind of saving and budgeting and keeping your money, keeping your pennies safe. Whereas for men, you know, if you pick up a men's magazine or book, it's all about how to get rich quick and how to invest, and that's just much more part of their vocabulary than it is it is for us. And and recently, so you know, last year. We've seen a rise in like meme stock, TikTok financial advice. I think there's so much noise uh, in the space uh, because markets have been, you know, going up until <laughs> the beginning of um, of last year. We, we've had a rough year, to be honest. But do, do you think that there need to be some um, like more regulation um, in the industry and maybe that's, you know, more on like social media? I know platforms are extremely regulated, but what's happening like around around these platforms? Yeah, I I don't know. I think my view is maybe slightly controversial on this, which is that I don't think we do need more regulation. Like, I actually think I like seeing some of the excitement around meme stocks. And although it's not, you know, that people have got burnt by it and people will get burnt by it and, and it's probably not the right thing to do, at least it creates a bit of this conversation about investing and at least it creates a bit of excitement and it and it gets people interested in the space. And I almost feel that, the industry as it stands at the moment is so heavily regulated and there's so many layers of disclaimers and risk warnings and uh, things that people loops that people have to jump through to actually get to that point of investing that it's it, it's almost pushed too far one way so it kind of needs to be dragged a little bit back towards making it more accessible and making it freer rather than adding more and more red tape which ultimately makes it harder for people to get started um i mean i guess you know if there was a way that the platforms could themselves add kind of disclaimers around this is not a financial advice like i think they're doing i've seen on twitter at the moment that there's you know certain fact check things that that kind of thing that, that could be done at a platform level i think that would be really great but in terms of the fca coming and introducing another layer of regulation yeah i really wouldn't personally be a fan of that i wanted to talk a little bit about volatility uh, in the market uh, as i said you know we've we've seen markets going up or going down mostly down over the past few months and for people who are like new to investing or wondering what is the best time to invest of course there's no best time to invest but what would they what would you tell them um in terms of just getting started maybe look it, it's it's really is impossible to time the stock markets like very 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 few people can actually do it well. But the science, the evidence shows that if you just get your money invested over the long term, it will grow and you can ride out those waves of volatility if you're prepared to leave your money in and kind of not knee jerk, withdraw it when you see sudden dips. 
So my best advice is just to get going. Like it doesn't matter where you are in the cycle, just put something in. A good way to do it and kind of spread your risk, if you like, is to sort of drip feed your money. Um, so I kind of recommend this a lot to, to people who ask me this this question into our investors at Wealthify. So if you've got a lump sum and you're nervous about it, you could just spread it out, say, into quarters and just put a quarter in today and wait a few months, put another quarter in and kind of do that through the course of the year. Or you could set up a, a sort of direct debit and, and contribute on a monthly basis. And that will kind of average out some of the bumps you might see in the road. But essentially, I like... Is now a good time to start investing? I'd say yes, but I would have said that yes a year ago and two years ago because I just think it's always a good time to start investing. At the moment, prices have gone down a lot. Last year was a very tough year for pretty much all markets, which doesn't make me nervous personally. It just makes me think that's a great, that's an even better opportunity because prices are lower. You know, when when markets go down, it just means that things are on sale. So it's a you know great time to top up if you can. But I think key is is just to just just get going with it because it, too many people sort of procrastinate with investing and it's just just do it. Just sit down today, fifteen minutes, open an account, job done. And you you mentioned um, ethical investing. Um, you know a lot of conversation also in the community about about ESG. Can you talk about the rise of of sustainability and and what is your approach uh, at at Wealthify? Yeah, so it's, it's it's obviously like a huge societal trend that we're seeing, and it's you know knocked into the investing world, which is great. Um, I think it's great to give people choice about what they're doing and with their money and and, and who who they support. So at Wealthify, we launched uh, some a series of sort of ethical plans. We call them so they very much match what we do with the what we call our original plans, which invest in the whole of market except they have certain exclusions. So companies that they won't invest in, for example, companies that are involved in gambling, tobacco, pornography, or weapons. And then they also look to support companies that are making really positive societal change as well. So they're looking for companies that might be doing something to support communities, the environment, and they've got quite quite a broad mandate, but, but essentially they're all, all trying to do something good in the world. And we use funds that invest in those those companies and we kind of select those and put them together and manage them on an ongoing basis because we recognise that it is important to people and we want to give them that choice. And they've proved really popular, actually. And as I was saying before, you know, particularly with women, they've they've uh, really resonated. Also with the younger generation, we found that a lot of the sort of 20 to 30 year olds, they kind of would prefer to invest their man their, their money in that way. And, uh, and now if we just take take a step back, um, how do you envision the, the future of investing, like retail investing? I think it will get a lot more personalized. I think there'll be a lot more choice. Uh, I think you've already seen kind of a proliferation of choice over the last couple of years, like more providers coming out, offering different types of services. The way it's going as well, I think costs are going to come right down, like when we entered the market and there, there was a sort of new wave of fintechs entering the investing space in particular, it really pushed prices lower for, for customers. And I, and I do think that will continue to happen, which is a great thing for customers because that's actually one of the most reliable ways of getting more returns over the longer term is, is sort of making sure you keep that fee really low and and sort of watching the pennies. So 
I'm excited about that. And I think all of those factors, to be honest, having more choice, having a lower cost investment proposition will mean that we start finally seeing more people moving into the investment world and feeling confident with it. Uh, which is very much needed, particularly in the UK. And and just finally, you know, what are the things you want to see change or are excited about when it comes to uh, to the fintech uh, financial technology landscape? I'm really interested at the moment in in sort of the this decentralized finance or DeFi world. Um, so this is kind of financial services that are built on the blockchain, and they promise to cut out the middleman and reduce fees and reduce inefficiencies in the system further and kind of really put ownership of investments truly with yourself rather than sitting sort of in, in, in an intermediated way. And I think the space is very new, very raw. I wouldn't be personally putting my money in in yet because I, I don't even understand it enough. The, the amount of jargon that he's there and it, it is, is kind of quite difficult to get your head around. But I think some of the applications that are being built out of it and some of the kind of innovations that are coming through are really, really exciting. And I think I think wind the clock forward another five years um, when, when maybe that space is a bit more regulated and you've kind of sorted out the good from the bad a little bit more. And I think there will be some huge advances there that we'll be able to make use of collectively. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet. I will be speaking with Lauren Curry, the founder of Upfront, who is committed to helping others build their confidence. She will tell us all about making £1 million in revenue this year as a solo entrepreneur. So stay tuned. <laughs>